Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode six, season two of the Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. It was a week full of blowouts that shone a light on the divide between the top sides and the cellar dwellers, Richie. What do you think of the round? Evening, Brad. Um, There was definitely an element of the cream rising to the top this weekend, wasn't there? With Panthers yeah. and Rabbitohs and Storm all sort of winning big, um, not not the greatest of results for for us Warriors fans, uh, and the Dragons continue to surprise us. Exactly. And while we're we're here live on Wednesday evenings at eight pm, you can also catch our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. As always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was rugby league, including our top stories of the week, a review of the round four matches, and our picks. We'll then stop and answer some questions from all of you. And then we'll preview the round five clashes and make our picks before ending the night with some um, Super League and overseas news. So remember to tune in to get your rugby league news. And remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show. Let's just get straight into the top stories of the week, Richie. I think number one is the news today um, of um, Tommy Radonkis. I always get his last name wrong, sorry. Um, he passed away today um, at the age of 70 after a long battle with cancer. Um, before I go for a bit of a ramble, you got any thoughts on the news? Yeah, uh, uh, you know, pretty pretty upsetting news for the league communities. Considered one of the tough little nuggets of our game and um, true competitor. And if you're a Blues fan like myself, you know he was he's a bit of a legend and he bleeds New South Wales and just a real icon of the game. So you know, um, think it's right with power respects and. And um, yeah. you know, nice. What a what a player, what a what a guy. Yeah, definitely, he was an icon. Um, played two hundred games for Western Suburbs, played twenty tests for Australia, and um, was really known for being a, a tough, no nonsense character. And um, yeah, it's going to leave a massive legacy and will be missed. Um, I think for State of Origin, I think one thing that always stuck true with him was his hatred for Queensland as a New South Welshman, <laughs> yeah. and. Um, he was always famous for his um, his cow or his cattle cry, which basically was um, a shout out to to start a bit of biffo, which um, we don't see nowadays. <laughs> but um, yeah, true true tough competitor, and um, I think there was a quote from him when he said like a lot of people always tried comparing him to Peter Sterling and other halfbacks of his era, and he said um, while he was never a, a player like Peter Sterling, the fact that he was always in a conversation with a guy like Sterling, um, made him extremely proud. So, um, yeah, a tough old bugger, but um, very humble in his own abilities. Yeah, rest in peace to the to the little nugget. Yeah, so, um, yeah, send my well wishes to his family, and um, let's get on to some more news. Um, you mentioned it already um, a bit as well, but the blowouts that we had in uh, round four, um, some people are very concerned about it, saying that... Um, I think I've got a stat here, the average winning margin in all games um, 
in the past round was 26 points. Um, some teams just can't keep up with the pace. Um, I have a little bit of a feel that it's just a, a poor-timed part of the draw where we had the best teams going up against the worst. Um, do you think it was just that, or do you think there's a bit more? Yeah, I think probably a little bit of that. And I think, you know, you'll eventually start seeing these teams like Cowboys and and Broncos playing each other, and, and they'll pick Jag a win or two. Um, the score lines are, you know, maybe maybe it's an element of the um, the new rules too and the faster game, and, and once you get in head, you know, it's, it's hard to sort of peg back. Yeah, definitely. It's very hard with the, the new rules to um, change momentum when it's in full swing in one direction. Um, we've seen some teams, like the Warriors against the Raiders, managed to peg back a big lead, but we haven't had too many games like that this year. Basically, mm-hmm. once a team gets in front, there's no stopping them. So um, we'll see. There, there's some brutal matchups this week, which we'll talk about in our preview. So we, we could be in for some more big ones. Uh, next bit of news has changed two or three times since um, it first came out, but um, Reese Walsh was set to join the Warriors basically today. Um, Paul Turner was the player that apparently was going to be swapped from the Warriors to the Broncos, but he's refused the swap um, due to the Broncos effectively wanting him to come over as a development player. And Paul Turner's a top 30 player at the Warriors, so he's said no, he wants to stay unless he gets the same deal there. Um, I I think it was a, a it was lucky because I, I don't want to see Paul Turner go, um, but I think it could be a bad sign that the Warriors were willing to let him go in the first place. Perhaps, or perhaps they sort of see him as a like-for-like with Walsh and, and see Walsh as the guy that they've signed on on the money to, you know, to do that job. So won't bring him over under the tutelage of RTS. I, I Personally, I wouldn't want to see Turner be that guy sent over there. But, yeah. Um, yeah, who, you, you know, it may happen. It just depends. So I think so. Is it true that he he's he's not signed? Has he? He's turned it down based on the fact that um, it's not yeah. going to be a top thirty spot. Yeah, he's turned it down. So um, I think right now it's up to the Warriors have to either find another development player to offer, which isn't. I, I can't think of any at the moment. I, I don't have too many development players off the top of my head that fit the kind of mold that the Broncos are looking for. Uh, so I'm not too sure what will happen there, but I'll keep an eye on it and I'm sure we'll have more news for next week. Yeah, sure. I mean, it'd be exciting to get him over now. I'm in that, I'm sort of in that camp. I know there's a lot of, I've read a lot of things on, on Warriors fan page on Facebook where they're not, they're not too keen on letting Turner go, but you know, it's a business yeah. nowadays. It is a business, yeah. Um, I would like to see Walsh over. I think him learning from Roger while he's here would would benefit him greatly. But, yeah, I still want to keep Turner too. So I'm not sure where I'd go with it. Uh, Next bit of news is the the 18th man rules coming into effect this week. Um, The NRL's made some changes to it. Uh, We mentioned last week that if you have three failed HIAs, your 18th man can come in. They've actually changed that um, a bit and have said that if a player suffers a match-ending injury um, due to foul play and the perpetrator um, gets simbined or sent off, the 18th man can be used for that. And I think that rule's probably going to... That facet of it will probably be used a lot more um, considering we we didn't get any three fouled HIAs this week, so... Yeah, you hope it wouldn't be the norm. (laughs) Yeah, it may, you know, it may just affect it, yeah, a game every so often, and hopefully that's the way it ends up playing out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's bad. it starts this week. We'll see what happens in these games and see if it takes effect at all. Um, I have got Paul there asking, will we see players faking a game-ending injury? Yeah, the the way they've got around that, Paul, is by it has to be due to foul play. So, um you've got to hope that if you're going to fake an injury to go off, that someone's going to hit you high or lift you too high in a tackle or something. So I think that way it's going to be harder, but time will tell. There's always ways to get around things, um, and coaches and players always seem to find a way. Uh, Next bit of news is a bit more um, happy and probably a bit more fruitful for us over here, but the Trans-Tasman bubble 
it's going to be open uh, mid-April. Um, Warriors CEO Cameron George has come out and said that the Warriors are going to stay in Australia um, until June, like they originally promised. And hopefully by then we have an indication of how stable this bubble is because we've mentioned it before when the potential rumours of a bubble happening, just the risk of having two teams in New Zealand and something happens and the bubble ceases to be and then you've got two teams stuck here um, or vice versa. They, they go over for a game there and they're stuck there and they've got all their family back here. Um, it will be interesting to see what are your thoughts on the bubble. Yeah, well, let's just hope for um, a nice, clean process when the bubble's in place and and, and no hiccups because it'd be fantastic to see a packed house at Mount Smart. So, you know, I'm keeping my optimistic hat on that, that that'll play out. So, and, and then I can keep an eye out for you on the tally, Brad. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be good to go back there for sure. Um, it's been, I think it was August 2019 was the last game I went to at Mount Smart. So be really great to get a, a, a few games there this year, and I'm sure they'll all be sellouts for um, so many fans here that have been dying mm. to go to a game. Uh, next bit of news, um, George kind of mentioned it already, but Jake Friends announced his retirement due to his ongoing concussion um, concerns. He, he's a three-time premiership winner. He did have a great career, and um, it's not really the way anyone would want their career to end, but at the end of the day, Health comes first, and um, I'm sure he, he hasn't made this decision lightly, and I'm sure he's spoken to a lot of doctors and the Roosters themselves, and if they've come to this decision, it's obvious that um, he actually did need to. Boyd Corden is still there um, with similar issues. There's been no word on if he's going to retire this year or not. Uh, we'll just have to um, see how that develops. He hasn't had any games this year yet and isn't going to for quite a quite a bit of time um so yeah um sad way to see friend go but he, he's had a hell of a career yeah all you can do is wish him all the best on his on the next chapter and and congratulate him on a great career you know he's kind of like what gavin said in the comments he's he's been an absolute workhorse so you're on the money there gavin um so yeah sad to see it in that way but congrats to him on a on a fine career yeah, and I'm sure he'll find himself a, a job at the Roosters in some mentor or coaching capacity um, if that's what he decides to do, um, a bit like what they've got with Sonny Bill there at the moment. Um, on more news, Josh McGuire from the Cowboys has been an, um, offered an early release um, if he can get a contract elsewhere. Um, he, he's been quite honest with his um, assessment of how the Cowboys are at the moment, labelling them soft and um, it sounds like it's basically, if you don't want to be here, you can go. Um, I think the Cowboys in general were quite a mess and perhaps a roster clean-out's what's needed. Yeah, that's a funny situation. Uh, you know, there's sort of been um, rumours going around that he's not getting along too well with Todd Payton. Um, so, you know, maybe Todd Payton's coming and ruff, ruffles some feathers there, but... I think whatever way you kind of look at it, um, something's not gelling there with the Cowboys. So, uh, yeah, I think there's been interest with Josh Maguire, maybe with the Dragons as well, I hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dragons want to just become Broncos 2.0. So they're just yeah. trying to get any form of Bronco they can. Um, yeah, I think I think any team would be silly not to have a crack at him. He's a very good player. Um but yeah, sometimes we've seen it with um, Asaya Papali'i from the Warriors. Sometimes a change is as good as a holiday. Go to a new club and you might see um, him get better again. Or maybe it's just the Cowboys that are a problem and not necessarily Maguire. Um, it's going to be an interesting year in North Queensland, that's for sure. Yeah, you could be right. How good is Papali'i going? <laughs> Well, I'm sure we'll going, cover him in our row. He's going amazing. Yeah, and Tigers news. Um, Moses Mbai has been given permission to talk to rival clubs um, after he actually advised the club that he doesn't think he's giving them value for money. Um, it's not for this year, though. He said he didn't want to leave the club in the lurch and leave during the season. He just wants to leave a year early. Um, 
think it's quite, you don't really hear that story a lot where a player comes to their team and says, I don't think I'm good enough. Uh, can you let me go? Um, it, it's, yeah, it's a bit refreshing. He's kind of looking, it sounds like he's looking for the Tigers' best interests, not just his own. Um, I think he is a talented player. I just think he just, yeah, like he said, he's not giving them value for money. So I think um, there's a few other teams that could probably do with a player of his caliber. Um, Broncos, basically any of those teams at the bottom could do with a player like that. Yeah, well, it's a pretty honest assessment of himself. Uh, uh, You know, he's, like you say, he's talented, but yeah, I, I guess perhaps he isn't sort of delivering uh, as per what his salary would suggest he should because he's on some pretty decent coin there. Um, yeah, and teams like the Broncos could probably look at them themselves and have a few players on their roster that could say the same, thing, same, same things thing. about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And then our last bit of news before we go into our round four review, um, just some injuries. So um, Adam Fanor Blake from the Warriors injured his knee early in their game against the Roosters, and he is scheduled to be out for eight to ten weeks. Uh, as a Warriors fan, that, that gave me a little bit of a heart attack today when I heard that news. Um, what are your thoughts on it? It's a big loss. Oh, yeah. It's, it, I was gutted when I heard it. I think I messaged, messaged you straight away. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a shame. He was shaping to be a pretty big figure in our pack. Um, we'll just have to try and plug the, plug the whole the sizable hole as best we can. Yeah, and then the last ones were just some Knights news. We're going to cover the Knights game shortly, but they they had a few injuries, the main one being Mitchell Pierce. He injured his pec, and it's going to see him on the sidelines for 10 to 12 weeks. Um, Kurt Mann um, suffered a head knock in that game, and he's going to be gone for two weeks, and Tex Hoy did his hamstring is out for three weeks. Tex Hoy's probably not that big of a loss because Kalen Pong is coming straight in. Um, which is a, a pretty good replacement for Hoy. Uh, but Pierce and Mann, I think, um, losing both your your halves, uh, much like the Roosters have got some great young talent, I don't think the Knights have the, the depth that the, the Roosters do. They do have Blake Green, who offers a lot of experience. Uh, but looking, I believe they've got Connor Watson and Blake Green in the halves this week, which doesn't really strike fear into the hearts. No, that that game was a bit like a battle zone. It was uh, casualties everywhere, and, and M- Mitchell Pierce's one was pretty. It was pretty nasty. He's just chucking his arm out there, and, and those injuries are never too, you know, never too great. Um, yeah, I think you're right, Brad. Uh, Ponga coming back is nice for them, but and they've got a pretty hefty casualty ward to try and to try and cover. Yeah. It's not good for them at all. Um, so, yeah, that's all we've got for news now. So let's just crack into our round four review, starting with Thursday night's game with the Panthers demolishing the Sea Eagles 46-6. to um, Not really a surprise in this one, Richie. Um, Panthers made it look easy. I thought their left edge um, was devastating with um, mm. Vilami Kakao, Jerome Luai, and Brian To'o. Uh, Kakao and To'o both scored a double, um, and Luai set up three tries, not to mention their makeshift centre, Matt Burton, also scored a try out there as well. So um, very dangerous. Um, it's a glorified practice run. You can't really say much about Manly. They just look a mess. Yeah, we could have said this before the match. Uh, you know, that's pretty much how I saw it. I saw something similar to this happening and it and you know it so it happened panthers were ruthless and sea eagles not looking too flash let's hope they carry that over to this weekend <laughs> fingers crossed yeah um i don't know how they're going to get better um tommy turbo was really their only chance but i think even now even his inclusion isn't going to make them better well they're just missing all the the little things like the completion rate is bad every week and and they're leaking so many points. I think they're averaging close to 40 points a game, something like something like that. So, you know, you're not going to be in a lot of games if, if that's what you're putting up every week. Yeah. And then the first game on Friday, we had the Rabbitohs defeating the Bulldogs 28-0. Third game in a row for the Bulldogs to not see score a single point. 
Um, they're only the second team in history to do that. The, um, the first team that did it was the Sharks in 2014, and um, they went on to win the spoon that year. So um, I see Simon's put their way. We should have kept the North Sydney Bears instead of Manly. <laughs> 100%. I love the Bears. Um, yep. So, yeah, I and I, I don't like Manly. So <laughs> it's an easy swap for me. Um, but, yeah, back to the Bulldogs. What can they do to improve their attack? That's a tough one, Brad, because they, well, in the past few games, they've got over the line a couple of times only to be held up or, or you know, get close to it, but not quite get there. And, and once that happens, they they don't look, don't look likely at all after that. And um, I don't know, where do you go? Especially this weekend, they've got the storm coming up. So the danger for them is the same thing happens and then they, they own that record outright. Yeah, games they they made changes to their team to try to improve their attack, bring Lachlan Lewis into the game, um, which I thought was the right way to go. Unfortunately, he lasted five minutes um, before before going off injured. Um, Nick Contract, one thing I noticed, um, their big signing, Nick Contract, he's a um, great runner of the ball, but every time he had the ball in hand, he didn't back himself. He was always like second guessing himself. So there's a Big obvious lack of confidence in the side right now, um, deservingly so. But I think if they can get some of those guys that are strike weapons to um, have some confidence and give it a hundred percent, they they might get a point here or there. Mm. So um, Cody Walker was looking good again, but then he's he's out this week because he's dropped a dropped an arm on somebody in a tackle. What did you make of that? I thought it was a dog ass. I, I'm yeah. a fan of Cody, yeah. but I wasn't happy with what I saw there. Basically diving down and for hitting someone in the back of the head or back of the neck, sorry, with your forearm, it's not a good look. He's very lucky to only have one week. Um, I would have given him more, especially when the Warriors have Jermaine Tanoa Brown still out for a, yeah. a crusher tackle. He's been gone. He's like a, a four-week suspension when... Um, Cody could have really done some damage with what mm. he did. Um, yeah, I think he got off very lightly. Um, but, yeah, the Rabbitohs, it's just a new round, same result. They, they've they got their um, ball handling and not dropping the ball all sorted, and they're causing heaps of trouble. Yeah, they are, they are shaping up to be surely top four, right? Um, pushing for that title contention, definitely. Yeah, 100%. And um, the last game on Friday, we probably don't need to talk about it too much, but it was the Storm defeating the Broncos 40-6. to uh, It was basically just the, the Pappenhausen show. Um, he scored 24 points in the first half, um, most points by an individual player in a single half in over 40 years. Um, he didn't score any tries in the second half, but he was heavily involved and got two tries just to add. Um not really much more to say about the game. The Storm's just at another level, and I thought the Broncos did look better, but they're still a long way off. Yeah, your assessment's pretty good, Brad. That was the Pappenhausen show, even if it was just a, a little window there where he crammed his, all his work into. Uh, <laughs> boy, he looks fast. It seems to be when, whenever someone sort of makes a break or half break, he sort of just explodes uh, right right by their side out of nowhere. Um and you know who it reminds me of? One one Billy Slater. Support players very much like Billy in my in my head. You know, I sort of see the same sort of support lines he used to run. So I wonder how much influence Billy's had on his game. Yeah, I'm sure he's he's learnt a lot from Billy. And uh, yeah, um, I think the scary thing is at his age, the best is probably yet to come. So mm-hmm. um I know everyone likes to talk about Tedesco as the best fullback, but I think he's got a he's looking over his shoulder. Yeah, he has to be. He's he's getting close. Teddy's got that all round game, um, and he he looked fantastic on the weekend again. So, uh, a lot of fullback choices for New South Wales uh, coaches. Definitely. And the first game on Saturday, we had the Sharks um, smashing the Cowboys forty eight to ten. I thought the Sharks looked strong in this match. They lost a couple of key players, but it didn't stop them. And um, they basically cruised to victory. I think it was Josh Morris's biggest win since he's become coach. Um, Matt Moylan and Chad Townsend are combining well. 
And I think this team's just going to go to another level once Sean Johnson's back. And um, I had them outside of the eight, but I think they're, they're going to prove me wrong. I think they, they're going to um, probably get into the eight quite easily. Yeah, they look, they, they look quite good, didn't they? Um, and Kennedy back at fullback too was having a good game. They It was against the Cowboys, so you, you, you take the result with a, yeah. with a grain of salt, I guess. But they, you know, you can only play what's in front of you and they put them into the sword as they should have. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, you'll get a better indication if it's the Sharks going up against the Raiders or the Eels or something like that. It is just the Cowboys right now who... I just don't know. I don't know what you can really say about them. They're a mess. Um, I think Peyton must be really upset that he chose them over the Warriors um, right now because, uh, to be honest, if, if they don't sort their stuff out, he might not be around much longer there. Um, shouldn't laugh. It's it's not great to say that. But, um, yeah, I just don't see any improvement in this side. Yeah, I, I think you'll see a lot of the landscape changing there. I think his... Todd Payton's trying to stamp his print on that side and, and you're seeing it with guys like Maguire being told they can look elsewhere. So, yeah, we'll see. I think that landscape's still got a bit of changing to do. Yeah. And then, uh, the next game on Saturday, we saw the Raiders defeat the Titans 20-4. to uh, It was the first close match of the game around. Um, it was uh, the first half, I thought, was quite a brutal battle between the Ford Packs and... Um, the only difference really was Jared Croker's boat, um, who gave uh, the Raiders a slim lead at halftime. But um, the Raiders' defense just kept piling pressure on the Titans in the second half, and um, a couple of tries later, and the game was theirs. Um, Raiders still look like a top four threat. Um, they've got a great pack. They've got attacking threats all over the back line, and their defense is good, which is those are kind of the three ticks you need to be successful in the NRL. The Titans are just keep they keep building. Um, Big Tino was my standout in this match. He ran for over two hundred meters for the Titans in a losing effort. They do have a top eight worthy side, and um, if they keep improving like they have been each couple of weeks, I think they'll get to the eight. Yeah, I think Tino's been probably one of the standouts for them all year. He's been great pretty much every game. Um, what an acquisition he is for them. I think the game was itself was a real tough game. So it sort of what it told me was I think both these both these sides will be in the eight uh, come the business end. Yeah, and then um, the first game on Sunday we had the Dragons defeating the Knights twenty two thirteen. This was the only game in our picks we both got wrong. Um, did not see it coming. Um, it was my upset of the round. I think there's that big asterisks next to it due to all the injuries the Knights had. At halftime they had lost um, they lost Pierce, Kurtman and Tex Hoy and they had to change the whole team round. They had um, Connor Watson playing at fullback. They had all sorts and um, I, I give them credit in that second half they, they tried their best but they the Dragons just got a sniff and just got that lead and held on to it and um, looked really good even without Ben Hunt there. So um, Dragons are just making me look um, very silly for picking them as Wooden Spoon. Yeah, they're the team this year. We keep sort of, um, we keep doubting them and they keep delivering. Um, I yeah. kind of thought the the Knights would get home in this one. With I thought Ben Hunt might be a big loss, but um, yeah, they, they did okay to cover him. Maybe, maybe all the injuries to the Knights helped because some key players going down there, but yeah, shout out to Tarek Sims. He had an awesome game. A couple of awesome tries from yeah. the big man. Yeah, he's um, he's really finding a, a bit of resurgence this year. Um, I thought he had quite a quiet year last season. And, um, yeah, he's really stepped it up, um, which they do need. They need that from him. And, um, yeah, the Knights, I think the Knights might be in a bit of trouble. Uh, I think they're really going to miss Mitchell Pierce. Um as much crap as a lot of people, um, myself included, give him. He, he's very integral to how well that side can go. And, yeah, I think it, they might be a team that misses out on the on the playoffs because of these injuries. Yeah, potentially it could end up that way. I mean, they just have so many they have to cover. And you saw it with, with their coach in the press conference afterward, how how sort of dejected he looked about, looked about the whole situation. 
and then he, he sort of was doubting that he'd be able to field a full squad come the next round. So, you know, they've got some problems. Yeah. 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 And then um, the last game on Sunday was the uh, Roosters wiping the floor with the Warriors 32-12. to 12. Um, It's a pressing game to watch for me. Um, it was very frustrating. Um, I... I picked the Roosters and our and our tips, but I honestly thought the Warriors would make a match out of it. And um, they started the game well, but once Adam Fanua Blake went off injured, they kind of just um, lost all their impact and fell apart and went back to they went back in time two years and went back to um, one off running uh, with no real attacking threat whatsoever. Um, it got to the point where you could pick what they were going to do before they did it, which meant the Roosters knew that too, and it showed in how the Roosters managed to keep them out from scoring in the second half. What were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, like you pointed out, we started nicely, but once once the Roosters clicked into gear, they they were relentless on defence and, and giving us problems, and, and then young Sam Walker started getting a bit of confidence, and I think he showed he's he's not out of his depth at this level and he'll, you know, he had a pretty good game for his de- debut. So, um, well, maybe he was maybe, trying to, he was trying to finish the game early so he could get tucked in before he went to bed. It was going past yeah. his bedtime. He is a young kid. looking chap. He, he's very young looking, <laughs> but he, he looks like he's got a mature, mature head on his shoulders. And, um, yeah, maybe I underestimated their depth when, when assessing the roosters last week, cause they, they look good. I, yeah, I think we both did. I, I still picked them, but I said I didn't see them making the eight. But if they can play like that um, consistently, I think they're still definitely a, a playoff team. Um, yeah, that that young man's a very good good half. He, he didn't... Middle the Warriors didn't pressure him as much as they should have, but he any time they did get him early, he, he got up and he, he played really well and um, definitely a, a half of the future. I think it has to be said about the Warriors too. The the defense looked pretty soft. I mean, when you saw a couple of the Morris boys tries, um, the the effort didn't look too strong to get back in and and cover those plays. You know, um, that was sort of one of the most disappointing parts for me. What did you what did you reckon? Yeah, um, the defense was shocking. Normally, um, I criticize them when I write about them every week. I um, I criticise their defence almost every game, but it's generally their midfield um, defence. The closer you get to their line, the more structured they seem to get, but that wasn't the case this week. They they looked like a mess. There were, there were holes all over the place, and mm. um, with guys like James Tedesco and the Morris brothers there, you can't give them any opportunity because they'll take it, um, which we saw with Tedesco's try. He just spied a gap up the middle and was gone. Um, so yeah, um, I'm going to look at it on the positive side and say it's a good lesson for the Warriors, um, that they can build on this year. Um, I, I saw a, a interview with Nathan Brown where they talked about, he, um, showed the body language and the, the video review to the team showing the body language the Warriors had against the Raiders, um, the Knights and the Titans compared to the body language they had in the Roosters and just the change and said, like, um, they almost beat themselves. They had no confidence they could beat the Roosters, and it showed in their body language. So um, it's obviously something they're addressing, um, getting that confidence. Um, You've got to be confident that you can take it to any team in this competition. So um, hopefully I can't really judge them this week, fingers crossed, due to them playing manly. But um, I think once they go up against another genuine side, um, hopefully we see some improvement. Oh, I just hope <laughs> I hope and see we about you know put up a bounce back performance this coming weekend because yeah, Manly aren't looking good, but for Noah Blake and guys like that being out, uh, pretty pretty big blow. So fingers and toes yeah. crossed, Brad. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to our last game, which was on Easter Monday, with the Eagle uh, Eagles, the Eels beating the Tigers thirty six twenty two. Think this was a great match to watch and. Um, Despite that score blowing out at the end, it was a real close um, encounter with the Tigers almost handing the Eels their first loss. Um, it looked close, and then, yeah, the Eels got two two tries in the final minutes um, to get the job done. But the Tigers looked good. 
Um, I'm impressed with how they've been in the last two games against the Knights and then here against the Eels, showing a lot of um, confidence and um, a lot of attack. Yeah, and some of the tries were great. Some some awesome tries. Um, it was a cracking game, and you sort of saw the Eels under a bit of pressure there, and Dewey was... Dewey was hitting some big spiral bombs and giving Ferguson and even Gutho some problems under the high ball, and they managed yeah. to find some points and get a bit of momentum off the back of that. Um, but, you know, the Eels look like they could be a real deal team this year, and, and they found a way to win that one on Easter Monday. Yeah, I think um, they're still one of the form sides in the comp. They got a scare here, but they showed the class that um, the game was almost going to – slip out of their grasp, but they just stuck firm and got the win. So um, you kind of need that attitude because unlike 80% of the games this week, um, you're not going to run away with victories all the time. You're going to have some tight tussles, and it's that mentality in those tight tussles that um, just kind of sets you apart from um, the rest of the league. So I think they're going to be the ones to watch. Yeah, gun gun game from Papa Lee too. He continues to continues to impress nice to see a ex-warrior do do good things once once he's gone over there yeah i think like i said earlier change is as good as a holiday i think he needed needed to get out of the warrior system and um it's really worked for him doesn't always work for all the players but yeah i i'm happy to see him doing well mm. yeah likewise um so that was round four so we may as well talk about the picks I got seven out of eight this week with the uh, the Knights being my only blemish. And, Richie, you got five out of eight. Um, poor poor week for you, about time. Um, yeah. Which, which gives even. us our t- – yeah, we're, we're dead even now. So I'm on 22 out of 32, and you're on 22 out of 32. So um, I needed some good, good wins this week to get me back in the race. And, um, yeah, it's back to being a tight tussle. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, so, we got any um, questions from the crowd there, Paul? Yep. Oh, before questions, I just thought I'd throw the table up there for you guys. Um, to, oh, um, yep. Have a chat out. So, um, I think we're just, we've got the Panthers and the Eels at the top, um, still the only two teams undefeated. The Roosters have gone up to third after that win against the Warriors. Uh, the Rabbitohs are in at fourth. Then you got the the Raiders, the Dragons, the Storm, and the Sharks finishing off the top eight. Um, didn't think we'd see the Dragons up there, um, as I continue to say. Um, Titans, Knights, and Warriors are just outside the eight. Then you've kind of got the uh, the Broncos, the Tigers, believe it or not, after praising them, are right down the bottom as well. And then you've got the Cowboys and Bulldogs, and then Manly, of course, at the very oh, end. So um, remove that banner there, so we can. Um, just uh, yeah. one more thing I jumped at me was uh, the Storm. Two wins at home, two wins away. Oh, sorry, two losses away. So they can they can win at home, but they lose away. Will we see that uh, continue for the rest of the season, do you think? Or do you think the Storm are going to improve their away form? I think they will. I think, um, I think they've just um, unfortunately had some real tough clashes um, away. They, they had to play um, Parramatta at Bank West, which... Um, no one seems to win the Bank West when they're playing the Eels. So I think that was just that. I think once they get a, back into the swing of things, um, they'll, they'll be right as rain, unfortunately. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, Brad. I think they've had the Eels in, you know, in a couple of tough games, and they sort of only got their um, an easy game this weekend against the Broncos, and now this weekend coming against the Dogs. So I think, I think they'll eventually... Um, end up with more wins and losses quite comfortably. Yeah. So Jordan says, uh, when are the Warriors projected to play their first home game back in New Zealand? I think they said they're, they're aiming for, I think it's the first weekend of July. So I think it's like the second of, hold on, I've got a calendar here. Let's have a look. Um, look at that, a Warriors calendar. Warriors calendar, um, 2nd of July, which is Warriors versus Dragons on a Friday night. I think that is the one that they're aiming for, to be back by then. There we go. Um, Nigel Phillips says, every every ex-warrior seems to do better when uh, they leave. Why do you think that is? 
I wouldn't say every warrior. There, there's a few that they've let go that have kind of disappeared, um, like Bradley Abbey. Um, and Atta Hingano didn't really do that flash with the Raiders. But um, I think it's there. It's for a lot of them, it's their first time moving away from New Zealand. They're in a completely new environment. Maybe they don't have those, um, those like comfort, the comfort of home where you can kind of be a bit more laxed. I'm not too sure. Um, could be down to they just respond better to the training staff and coaches at other clubs. Um, it's it's not, it, it happens a lot, but you look at guys like James Maloney. James Maloney was on his way to being a, a builder until he moved from Australia to New Zealand and turned his career around. So it does swing both ways, just not not always coming to the Warriors and getting better. But um, it's I think some guy at times, young guys just need to get out of um, – their routine and it, it benefits them. Mm-hmm. Even guys like Ben Matalino and Russell Packer, once they left here, didn't exactly go any better, did they? They kind of just carried on their trajectory or even dropped off slightly. So maybe that is a slight mis- prison. So yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> he did. But once he came back, yeah. but you know, I think in my mind that's a slight misconception too. I mean, you get guys like uh, Nicole Clocks there who go over and, and look amazing, but you get your guys that go elsewhere and, and don't set the world on fire as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, who do you guys think will win the Fox Memorial competition? Um, I don't know. I, I might cheat um, and just say Mount Albert. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go with you there, Brad. I'm not actually sure what's going on too much with it. I'm a bit out of the out of out of sight out of mind from that comp i um i haven't followed it that much um since manuri were dropped out of it so um once the marlins are out i, I kind of lost a little bit of interest but yeah mount albert's always in their point shiv um howick there, there's there's generally three or four that are are in the running mm. cool uh, that's it from the uh, from the chat guys cool well um we may as well go with your question for me. Um, I might skip my question because we're running a bit short on time. But sure, your question's a bit of a doozy. <laughs> yeah, still the Bulldogs. So if they fail to score this weekend, that's four consecutive games without scoring. And that would be the worst run of any team in NRA history. And they're only up against the Melbourne Storm. How do you see it going? Do they pick up a point? Any point? Do they take the two if they're behind and there's 30 seconds left on the clock? Um, shouldn't laugh. I think if that situation did happen, I think they would. Um, just to stop that. Um, normally, I'd say I, I would never go into a game predicting a team not to score points, but um, the Storm have great defense, mm. so it, it's very probable that the Bulldogs will struggle to get any points again this week. Um, yeah. So they could go four from four. It's not really an answer to your question. I'm sitting on the fence here, but I, I'd say it's probably a, a 70-30 split that the Bulldogs walk away with no points. I'm hoping they get some points. <laughs> I hope so too. Um, yeah. I never want to see a team go that poorly. Um, even getting one try, I think, um, it mm. wouldn't be great, but it's still better than nothing. So um, thank Yeah. If they, you know, it could be if they score a couple of tries in that game against a good side like that, it might be what it takes to give them a bit of confidence to turn things around a bit. You know, you never, you never know. Yeah, possibly. Um, so yeah, thank you for that question. Let's get into our round five preview and picks on Thursday night. We've got the Rabbitohs versus Broncos. Um, I've gone with the Rabbits. I think the Broncos still aren't at that level to go against the top four side. Yeah, I went rabbits too. Uh, no Cody Walker. He's dropped out from suspension, so, and he's been insane with his form. So I th- Benji will come in, and I think his role will be slightly different. But, you know, he's good at facilitating chances for his teammates, and I, I, I still think they'll be too strong for the Broncos. Yeah. Um, then Friday night, we've got the Warriors Seagulls. Um, I've gone with the Warriors here. Um I don't think the Seagulls can beat their reserve grade side right now. So um, I'm hoping for a big, 
blowout here for the Warriors as a Warriors fan. Um, but yeah, I think anything less than a heavy win would um, probably still raise flags with Warriors fans. If they just snuck through a narrow victory here, I think you'd be a bit concerned. Possibly. I, I mean, I would take any kind of win. Uh, but, you know, you want to see the attitude right during the game. Um, Manly have been poor and, and they're going to have to going to have to do something about completing their sets and, and improving their defense a little if they want a chance. So I'm tipping the Warriors. I think they'll get it done. Yeah. Then the last game on Friday is the Panthers and Raiders. Uh, I've gone with the Panthers here. I think it will be a, a heck of a game. But I think uh, the Panthers um, are just the better side out of the two if I had to pick uh, on face value. Yeah, one of the games of the round, uh, both teams look, look like a – Look like finals teams, but in Penrith, um, their form's pretty irresistible. It's hard to tip against the Panthers, so I'll, I'll run with them. Yeah, and then um, the first game on Saturday, we've got the Titans versus the Knights. I've gone with the Titans here. I would have picked the Knights if they didn't have all those injuries. Um, but yeah, it's just going to yeah, be too hard for them, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it would have been a lot tougher to tip this one had the Knights... Um, had a full complement of players, but we know that's far from the case. So I'm going, I'm thinking Titans as well at home. They should get that one. And um, this one, I could probably pick this for you, but we've got the Bulldogs versus the Storm. Um, we just talked about it in the question you asked me. I'm obviously going for the Storm, but I'm hoping to see the Bulldogs get some points on the board. Yeah, I'm tipping a big win for the Storm, but hopefully the Bulldogs can put up a bit of a fight at least. And then the last game on Saturday, we've got the Roosters versus the Sharks. Um, I'm going with the Roosters here. I think I saw enough from them against the Warriors that I think they, they'll get the job done here. Um, Sharks have been looking good, but, yeah, I think this Roosters team's got something special. Yeah, this could actually end up being quite a good game, I think. Um, but I'm with you. I think I think the Roosters showed enough that I think they'll carry on being a strong side. Um, slightly too strong for the Sharks this week. Yeah, and then uh, the first game on Sunday, we've got Tigers versus Cowboys. Um, I'm picking the Tigers. The Cowboys are a mess. Um, Tigers have been good the last two weeks, so easy win for them, I think. Yeah, it should be. But you know, if you're a Cowboys, uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, I think playing the Tigers, they're not up the top of the ladder, so they'll be targeting this one as as one they. We'll want to be competitive in, but at Leichhardt, Tigers normally travel quite well, so hard to see something other than Tigers there. Yeah, and then we round out the round with the Eels versus the Dragons at Bank West. I just mentioned it in the Storm Eels thing. You don't beat the Eels at Bank West nine times out of ten, so I'm picking the Eels here. Yeah, me too. As as much as the Dragons have been proving us wrong recently, I think this week they they might they might drop one this week. It looks, and yeah, you're right. The Eels at Bankwest, very hard to beat. So I think we'll give them the, I'll give them the nod. Yeah, and Simon's just mentioned that there's no Super League this weekend, um, but Challenge Cup, um, no broadcast for games in New Zealand as of yet. Um, always good to, to see you stealing my news off me, Simon. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, so our picks, we've um, we've picked all the same. So there'll be no tiebreaker. Um this week but uh let's see if we can get a perfect round hopefully um so before we go we'll do some overseas news and the super league so obviously the super league's um competition to stop this week as simon advised um due to the challenge cup but uh we did we did have a bit of news break last week about the um usa doing a narl competition um they have announced that they They've got a competition sorted. Um, it's going to kick off on the 19th of June. Um, it's going to be a 14-team comp, including teams from USA and Canada. That's going to be divided into three conferences. Uh, I'm going to do a bit more of a deep dive during the week to get a, a list of all the teams and where they're from um, so we can discuss it a bit more uh, next week. But, yeah, it's good to see that they're going to have a competition over there. Um, obviously, we know the Toronto Wolfpacks will be one of the teams in that comp, but yeah, I'll get a, a breakdown of all 14 teams just so we know who, what, where, and how. Um, and then 
we'll just cover the Super League results. We had um, St. Helens defeat um, Salford 29 to 6. Wigan um, Warriors defeated the Lee Centurions at 20 to 18. Um, Leeds Rhinos defeated Wakefield Trinity 28 22. Um, I think some of these scores were from last week, sorry. Um, Run them down wrong. Um, Hull FC defeated the Huddersfield Giants 22 to 10. And um, Warrington Wolves defeated the Castleford Tigers. Uh, Castleford Tigers defeated Warrington Wolves 21 to 12. Um, yeah, so there's the break um, going this week, and we're going to have a few more. Um, I didn't get the round due to the fact that they're playing Challenge Cup. I didn't get the the lineup in Challenge Cup either, um, but I'll get those results for our show next week. Um, anything you want to say about Super League, Richie, or the international? Well, yeah, yeah as you were reading out those results, I don't think we – I think you're right from the previous round. I don't I don't think we touched on it too much in depth last week, but did you catch the Catalan Dragon versus Hull FC game? No, I missed it. I managed to catch a bit of a replay of this crazy sort of game. The Catalan were up something like uh, 20 something to four, and then Hull came back and forced Golden Point, and then gold, um, James Maloney kicked uh, the field goal to make that score line 29 28 there. So, yeah, it was strange without the crowd, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Heck of a game. Yeah, so next week we'll have the Challenge Cup um, results to, to talk about, so it should be good. Uh, but thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in tonight and joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie for your weekly update on Rugby League. Tune into the show next week at 8pm here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. And a little reminder, folks, that uh, the day after the Warriors game... Brad will be giving us a post-match report. It will be on the morning sports briefing, so uh, you can check that out as well, um, but as well as join the guys next week. So thanks, guys. Uh, also, folks, don't forget you can support New Zealand Sports Radio via patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio. Thank you, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 